It's the XA Live Podcast. Our desire is to equip and empower you to grow in your relationship with Jesus and stay connected. Join us as we discuss a variety of topics that will inspire you to know Jesus more. Here's our host, Jenny Weiss. Welcome to the XA Live Podcast. Kyle has a campus ministry on both Louisiana Tech and Grambling State University. Our core values are to know Jesus, to live life together, because honestly, life is just way too hard to do alone, to take responsibility and embrace diversity. Ultimately, we want to make Jesus famous on the campus. We are so excited to have you join us for the conversation today. We have um, my favorite human with us, Leland. How are you doing today? I'm doing great. It's great to be back. Yeah, it's always great to have you back. And so, Leland, just to help us get to know you a little bit, when it comes to your routine, what is your favorite part of your day? Well, there are probably a lot of answers that uh, people would like to hear. Uh, Honestly, my favorite part of the day is uh, getting up probably a little bit too early and spending some time with Jesus. Uh, that, that helps things get going a lot better than they would otherwise. Uh, I think I almost have the data to prove that even. <laughs> and uh, and that, that's probably the favorite part of the day. Now, with that said and going, then uh, spending some time doing fun things with, uh, with, with you and Joshua, uh, that's, that's been a blessing of the, of the pandemic here. So that is another favorite part of the day. Awesome. Are there any parts of the day that are just challenging? Because sometimes we got the good and then we got the challenging. Well, it's almost any time of the day. It could be especially challenging. I think for me personally, the more tired that I get towards the end of the day, the harder it is for me to act like the person that I'd like to be. That is that is a challenge to me. Yeah. I think for me, as I've realized in the pandemic, my favorite part of the day is the morning. I can like accomplish a lot in the morning. Um, And then as the day progresses, like the afternoon lull hits me hard. So the afternoon is not always my favorite. Not that anyone asked me, but I figured I might as well share my favorite parts in the day. What what is your favorite part of the day? (laughs) Oh, thanks for asking. Knocking it out in the morning and I crash in the afternoon. That was so thoughtful of you. So we are in um, the I Quit series. And so we're talking about different things that you have to quit. Because sometimes in life, you just need to not do things. And so, Leland, we have you on for I Quit Faulty Thinking. And so my question for you is, how has faulty thinking impacted you personally? Well, it's a subject that is actually pretty close to me because I'm, I, I have had to engage my own thinking quite a bit and sort sort through some things. It's actually quite easy for me to be thinking faultily, as as it were. So, I mean, it's really a lifelong struggle for me. I think there's always a temptation when you see someone. Uh, you know, in my case, I'm a professor. I stand up in front of students all the time. I, but we're always putting on a show. I think if you kind of strip off those layers, underneath we're all people that are struggling with something. And it's been said that everyone you meet today is facing some kind of battle. I think that's true for a lot of us. One of the things that I face is keeping my thinking straight. 
That makes sense. I think when I think about me faulting thinking that I've had to fight the most, and you can probably agree to it as someone who knows me well, is battling lies that I've believed. Is that there's things that have been told to me or things that I've told to myself and really making that choice to identify what is a lie and what is not a lie and figuring out how to navigate it. So I think that's, for me, how it's personally impacted me the most is trying to first identify lies, choose to find freedom, and then replace it with what Jesus would say. Yeah, I think that's that's true. And I know for me, my faulty thinking kind of impacts my perspective on life. It's pretty easy for me to be downcast or to feel like some you know things just aren't working out and to fall into a pattern of negative thinking that reinforces that. So. Yeah. Sometimes since we have a thought, we look for things to validate the thought. And that's why faulty thinking is such a tricky thing, is because things will validate thoughts and we need to combat it. So why do you think it's easy for us to fall into the trap of faulty thinking? I know for me, there are a lot of times ways that I just desire to feel. And so I'll do some thinking that lines up with that. You know, for example, uh, maybe I want to feel better than I am. So I'll start thinking about how I'm probably better than I am and <laughs> congratulating myself on things I probably shouldn't be and, and feeling a little bit overconfident about some other things. But another one would be kind of the feeling like the victim. You know, maybe I'm more unappreciated. Than, than I am and feeling like I deserve better. And so I start to line up thoughts that start to make that seem true. And once that happens, then I end up in a feedback loop. So I'll have a thought that is along the lines of, yes, I'm unappreciated and here's evidence of that. And man, I really am unappreciated. And this just kind of feeds in a continual cycle that gets worse and worse with each follow-up thought. Yeah, let me pause you on that one. Honey, I just appreciate you. You are fabulous. Like, no one I would rather live in the middle of a pandemic with than you. Since I'm probably the person that struggles to appreciate you the most. But I do appreciate you. You are amazing. Thanks for that. And, yeah. and thanks for waiting for the podcast to tell me. No problem. Okay, are there any other faulty thinking traps that you think are easy to get into? I think some of these could be maybe wanting to be more important than we are or think our opinions matter more than they do, these sorts of things. Uh, there's, a, there's just so many things that we want to feel or want to feel a certain way. If we're honest with ourselves, we start to try and line up our thinking and maybe even the world around us a little bit to reinforce that. And it's weird because we don't always want to feel better. Sometimes I want to feel worse. And so I will just start talking to myself in some kind of kind of negative negative voice that's not true so that I feel justified in feeling bad about something. Mm, I think I'm the opposite. I just like to feel happy. Um, but I think I think it's just easy because I think we live in a world where it's hard to define truth. And so when it's hard to define truth in the outer world, I think it's even harder to identify truth in our inner world. And so to be able to figure out what's true or what's not true with how we perceive ourselves or what we're thinking is a discipline that we need the Spirit of God to help us with. 
But I think for many people, and especially, well, really anyone, not just students, I think we don't realize we need to identify faulty thinking. We don't realize that we fall into that trap. And I think that's why it's so easy to fall into the trap is because you don't even know it is a trap because you've always thought faulty. And since you've always thought faulty, you don't even know that you are thinking faulty. Yeah, I think that's right. And so much of it's personality dependent. I mean, maybe you're a student that tends to want to be happy or maybe you're more like me and you tend to want to be downcast and feel like things are falling apart. Uh, I, I'll be the first to admit, maybe that doesn't make a lot of sense. But if you're that personality type, you probably identify with that right now. Mm-hmm. So they're just, they're all of these things that kind of get us going in, in the faulty thinking. Yeah. And the interesting thing about the two of us talking about faulty thinking is um, you can't get much different than the two of us with how you think or how you process things. Like we are dynamically different, but we've learned to appreciate who each other is. And so when it even comes to the faulty thinking, um, where we struggle as human beings is different because we are so different. Um, hence I'm the one that just wants to be happy. So though I don't fall into faulty thinking that just makes me want to be happy. Um, so what type of faulty thinking do you think it's easy for us to fall into? I mean, we've talked a little bit about more, are you more upbeat? Are you more downcast? Um, you know, I think like you were saying, a lot of it just gets ingrained into us and Mm -hmm. the longer we go without identifying it, or maybe even the longer we go without identifying that God doesn't want us to live in that, yeah. then the harder it is to break it. But the encouragement is that it can be broken. And, you know, there was a season where things were quite difficult uh, for me. And I was you know quite, quite unhappy, uh, depressed. And you can work out of that. And God doesn't want you to stay in it. And a lot of A lot of the working out of it, I think, has to do with what we feed ourselves, uh, who we're who we're with and what we're listening to or or what we're putting in front of our eyes. You know, what what voices are you surrounding yourself with? It's really easy to find the voices that agree with you. But if you're in a place where you know that things should be different and God has something different for you or you even desire that God has something different for you, maybe you're not even sure, then Take a look at some of the voices that surround you and see if they're helping you find what God has or mm. if they're actually just reinforcing some of the things that maybe you're wondering, gosh, do I have to keep living with that? Yeah, so I was on a Zoom call this last week and I heard half of what Matt Digger said, but one of the things that I did hear that he said was that if you're struggling with happiness, if you're struggling with how you process things, or you're struggling with how you feel or sad or lonely, spend less time on a screen. And so sometimes it makes me wonder if we need to get off of social media more so we can be more aware of what's happening in our real world, in our real thoughts, in our real Um, how we're processing what's coming in, what's going out. And so you just said something that reminded me of that. And so I think for some people, part of the trap of faulty thinking 
social media really propagates in us, whether it would be um, lies that are being said or whether it would be the comparison trap where you're looking at other people's highlights reel and your reality is not looking so good. Um, whether that would be how you physically look or your ability to manage your life. Um, and so I think um, media and social media um, really impacts the trap. Sorry, I'm kind of backstepping. But I think that impacts the trap because I do think some part of the faulty thinking is the comparison. Where am I in compared to other people and what that looks like? Um, and I kind of mentioned earlier lies. Um, people and me, like I struggle with lies. And I have to grow to realize that they are lies. But I think that is really, for someone who spent the last 15 years working with university students, I think the lies that people believe are the biggest faulty thinking trap that they're in. Let me give you one quick personal example from when I was in my, my schooling years. There was someone that looked at me and told me that I was hopeless when it came to math. And for many years after that, I always figured that I would do poorly, expected to do poorly, and had no reason to do well in anything related to math. And a lie can be about anything. It can come from anywhere, but there are some that just stick with us and injure us. And I think the good news is that we can be healed from that. But it is, it's a wound. It is a legitimate wound that we carry around with us. Yeah, and in, in grad school, you took like the hard math teacher all the time just because you enjoyed his class. And so it's neat to see that not only did you get your undergrad done, but you chose to do what you thought you were unsuccessful at in grad school because it's facing that lie. Um, yeah, I think people believe lies about what they're capable of. I think people believe lies about our identity. I think people even believe lies about who Jesus is. Like, we have all of these things that play a part into it. So how do we identify faulty thinking? For, for me, I, a lot of it just comes first with the recognition of, I don't like how I feel. And I'm talking, you know, if I, if I look back historically, recognizing that I don't like how I feel, it seems like there's something wrong. So if you're, if you're at that point right now and you don't like the way you feel, that's, you know, that's your first heads up that, you know, there's, there's something off. And I think the way you can kind of identify these things is more maybe to point to something and more, more specifically is what does God say about you? And what does God say about him? Mm. If you or I are thinking about something that doesn't line up with that, then we know right away that we're not where we should be. Mm. And there's a lot of freedom in that because right now there's a whole pile of uncertainty. It's easy to just live in anxiety, not True knowing that. what's going to come. And there's so many voices and so many opinions. It's like we've got pandemics on every side. And so these are difficult times to process and think through it's very easy to jump into some faulty thinking 
that doesn't line up with what God says is important and with what God says about you and what God says about him. And I think we can kind of weigh things against that. Yeah, I think one of the things that I've seen in talking to students kind of navigating the world is figuring out how do I care about the kingdom of God first? How do I care about what the heart of Jesus values? And I think for me, when it comes to navigating some of life, it's what is the heart of God and what does he care about and what does he value and how do I fight for what he values and what he cares about? Because I'll have things that come to me or there's times that I like, I'll get judgmental or I'll get frustrated and then I have to be like, no, your character looking like the heart of God is more important than you being right. And that's, that's identifying faulty thinking that need to be right over the need for the character of God. Um, one of the things when I think about identifying faulty thinking, um, I think about Philippians where it says, finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right. If anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think of such things. And so for me, that was a scripture I memorized in college because I believed so many lies. And so when something would come, it would be like a checklist for me. Finally, brothers, is it true? Is what you're thinking true right now, Jenny? Is it noble? Is it excellent? Is it praiseworthy? Like it was my checklist to help me figure out if my thoughts needed to be changed. And in order for us to do that, we have to be willing to anchor ourselves into the word of God. But having those scriptures that are your anchor can help you learn how to know faulty thinking. But you also have to know scripture to do it. Yeah, and I think the encouragement there from my experience has been, you know, I recognized that there was a problem and I didn't like how I was feeling. And sometimes it's the people you're with. Your friends might tell you, hey, uh, you know, you might you might be um, thinking about this a little wrong. And maybe it seems like you've been down or it seems like, you know, something's going on. You may get some heads up from other people. Mm. But I think the encouragement here is that God is so faithful to lead you to what you need in the word. Mm. And it usually doesn't take long. My experience has been that God shows up really fast when I say, you know, God, I, I need something. Can you show me some truth? A couple of scriptures, if you you know want some encouragement, Psalm, Psalm 34. Uh, check that one out. There's a lot of good stuff about who God is and what he's going to do for you. Mm-hmm. But there's other scriptures. Uh, God is a light in my darkness. I mean, just depending on what, where you're at, you can identify the faulty thinking and then I suggest attacking it immediately with verse. So ident- identify and then feed the verse back into it and stop the cycle of the continuous faulty thinking. That's so good. That's a really good practical step that we can identify it and then we can replace it with the truth, the word of God. Um, Do you have any other practical steps 
that you think might help a student do that? Or not do that, but just identify faulty thinking? I think maybe the best suggestion is start out the day with a prayer of God, help me identify when I have started this. Mm. And God might use someone else. God might give you a ping by the Holy Spirit. You might see something randomly and recognize, oh, wait a minute, that that thought doesn't talk about God being good. It doesn't talk about trusting in him. Um, that thought is me self-promoting or that thought is me putting myself first over everybody else. That's the way Jesus said, do the opposite. So you can find these things, I think, jumping out at you if you ask God for some help with it. Yeah, no, that's good. I think one of the things that I've encouraged people to do, and I've done it myself, is I spend a week kind of making a list of the running lines that keep repeating in my head. Because if we're honest with ourselves, we all have lines that keep repeating in our head. And so I just have a note list on my phone and I just identify those lines that are repeating. And at the end of the week, I'll look at it and go, okay, what is true in this list? And then I'll identify what's a lie and then I'll pick one. And I'm like, hey, this one, this next week, I'm fighting against. That lie that I'm worthless, we're going to war over the lie that I'm worthless. Because my worth is in the blood of Jesus, he who gives me my worth. And so I'm going to go to war with this one lie. And every time that lie comes, I'm going to replace it with this truth of the word of God. Um, but instead of having to identify in the moment whether it's truth or lie, I just pay attention. What is repeating in my head a lot? Write it down and then kind of go systematically one by one and be like, okay, this isn't here. This doesn't have to be here. This isn't true. Because the word tells us that we are transformed by the renewal of our mind. And so how we think, like if biblically speaking, we are transformed by the renewal of our mind, changing how we think is going to impact us more 10 years down the road than me doing behavior bonification right now. I got to allow him to change that and to kind of be like forceful because the word also tells us to take captive every thought and make it obedient to Christ Jesus. Like it's not just, oh, kind of recognize your thoughts. And then if you want to make them obedient, take captive every thought and make it obedient to Jesus. So it's that force, like, it's like guerrilla warfare over our mind. And I know that sounds crazy, but it's guerrilla warfare over our mind to identify those faulty thinkings and to be anchored in that truth. Because all those scriptures I just said are scriptures I've memorized because I've been in the warfare to try to have them change who I am and how I think. So make a list and go, go one at a time and just be like, it's all out war. I'm not going to believe these lies anymore. Do you have any final thoughts? Yeah, I was just going to say it's been said that Christianity is less of a playground and more of a battleground. And when God really starts to work with you on 
transforming you, like you said, then you know these these can be struggles that will that you can overcome, but mm-hmm. will be overcome kind of in stages. And it is amazing to see how far you can go, and how you recognize looking back that you know there is no way that I could have handled this or this other thing that happened if I what I what I am still the way I was. You know, and so there's an encouragement in there to kind of identify the thinking like you like you said, and know that it can change and God has amazing and better things for you as it changes. Yeah. I don't remember who said the quote, but that Christianity was not found lacking. It was found basically hard and untried. Um, I butchered that quote, but the principle you get, it is, it's warfare. And it's that choice of we're going to get at it and we're going to be different and we're going to find these thoughts and change them. And so as we kind of wrap up our conversation, what I encourage you to do is to start having a conversation with Jesus. Because I think there is a faulty thinking, whether it would be a lie or a thought pattern that you go into. And for the longest time, you thought it has to always be that way. But the word says it doesn't have to be that way. But we have to be willing to partner with Jesus to do the hard work. Because transforming your thought process might be one of the hardest things you do. It's always been easier for me to stop doing things than to stop thinking things. But the most freeing thing that's happened in my life is when I've stopped thinking things. And so as we end this and wrap it up, I just encourage you, um, make a list or ask the Holy Spirit to bring something to your awareness. And this week, change it. Find a word of God that can counteract the lie or that faulty thinking because freedom and transformation comes from the renewal of your mind. And God wants to change you. Thanks for tuning in this week and we will uh, join you again next week. Bye. Have a good one.